word last week and he knew what had been on my heart and conversations we'd been having. Um, so I gave a hesitant yes and I said, what say both of us spend some time in the Lord and see what happens this week? And I sat down on Monday morning for my quiet time and I've, I wrote, I thought, oh, I should write that thought down. And it just went boom, 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 boom. And then I went to school and our principal led devotions that morning and she played that song for us. I thought, oh, okay, God. <laughs> okay. So um, that's where this is coming from. It's actually something that I'm sharing today that I'm journeying with the Lord myself. I'm not there yet. Um, I just give that disclaimer, I'm not there yet. And I don't think any of us are. Um, it's, a, it's a journey that I'm going to talk about today. I was really challenged quite some time ago that when people asked me how I was, the first thing that came out of my mouth was, oh, I'm really busy. Oh, I'm, I'm weary. I'm weary because I'm busy. And um, it was pointed out to me that we often wear our busyness as a badge of honour. The notion that somehow being busy makes me more valuable. Often when we first meet people, we ask, what do you do? A lot of our identity is gained from what we do. But that's never what God intended. This morning, I actually want to talk about the Sabbath and rest. I don't know that I have ever heard a sermon on Sabbath. I've heard plenty on rest, but not actually on Sabbath. Um, I think for me in the past, I've put it in a basket along with tithing, along with fasting, along with love your enemies. The things that I think, hmm, I know it's in God's word, but I'm not sure how it's relevant for today. What does it say in the New Testament? And we can all find things as to why and why not, according to Scripture. So this morning, my heart is that this would be a, a message that causes you to seek God. It's not a how-to message. It's not a, not a one that's going to get, well, it may. Um, <laughs> super excited. But my prayer this morning is that this message causes you to seek God in a fresh way and ask him about it. Ask him. So my first point this morning, well, is it important? Is Sabbath important in 2023? I came across a news headline um, this week that <laughs> tied in. It said, tired all the time? Here's how to reclaim your rest and escape the exhaustion epidemic. This is a problem common to man, and people in man's wisdom and using psychology and, and different social skills are trying to fix this problem. But God's already provided an answer, and he established it right at the very beginning of time. Genesis 2, verses 1 and 3. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, 
So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. And Exodus 28 to 11, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea and everything in them. He was busy. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. The seventh day of rest. Sabbath was initiated by God himself as part of the creation of the universe. It came before the law. So this was right at the beginning God established this. And only as the law was introduced did it be called, was it called the Sabbath, Shabbat, which actually means seventh. But Sabbath reminds us that life is about more than work. Rather, it's about God. And everything we do should flow from the connection we have with him. The, term, the, the, the thought that came to me while we were worshipping this morning was in him we are enough. In his presence we are enough. I'm reading a book at the moment by Peter Scazzaro and it's, um, he has a, it's about the inner life and he talks about practising Sabbath delight. When I saw the title of that, that chapter I thought, I've never thought of Sabbath as a delight before. <laughs> um, and that's being honest. But he says, there's a quote in there from a Jewish rabbi, and it says, when we practice Sabbath, we are practicing eternity in time. We have a taste of eternity. And it's how God intended life on earth to be, joining heaven and earth, anticipating the future yet to come. Heaven is a place of rest. And on the first day of rest, that first day when God rested, beforehand, in every one of his days of creation, it said it was evening and it was day and, and it was good. But on the seventh day, God doesn't say that. There's no end. There's no night and there's no, no morning to Sabbath in Genesis. So that's a bit of food for thought. You know, if we aren't careful... Work or busyness can become a God to us and take the place of a relationship with God. It actually becomes about what we do for him than who we are with him. And that can be where we get our sense of worth from. But our identity is only complete in God, only in him and hearing his heart for us and others. You know, when we talk about rest, most people nod and agree, say, yes, it's important. <laughs> um, it's about setting time aside to seek the Lord but it's often lacking in our day-to-day -day lives 
Our calendars get full and the thing that gets squeezed out is rest. Sabbath is a gift from God that he intended to be a part of the rhythm of our lives. If we only stop or rest when we're on holiday or when we get sick or when we can't cope anymore, that's not rest. That's resuscitation. And we've all been there where we've been pushing and pushing and pushing and we find ourselves forced to rest and it's never what God intended. So why don't we, and I'm going to explain what practising a Sabbath means in 2023 in a little bit. (laughs) Why don't we talk about it? Why isn't it a part of the rhythm of our lives? And you may have instantly had a thought pop into your head. But these are the reasons in the past why I have neglected it. It's Old Testament. It's not relevant for today. Sometimes I haven't been comfortable with being still because of the value that society puts on being busy. Can be too caught up in worrying what others think. Concerned that we'll be seen as legal and religious. We've all heard stories, we've all got them, where you weren't allowed to play cards on a Sunday, where you weren't allowed to dance on a Saturday night. We've all heard stories of that, where Sabbath has been taken out of context um, rather than being seen as a gift from God. And that's when it becomes a burden and a set of rules to be followed. So for me, it's been, well, that's not relevant, and I've pushed it to a side. Even as Christians, um, we can be subtly striving to keep up with the Joneses. We have to pay the bills. Our kids need every opportunity. And sometimes from a false sense of pride, it'll all fall apart if I'm not there. If I don't do it, it won't get done. But at the root of all those possible excuses... I'd like to suggest this morning, and Hayden touched on it in our time of prayer, is a root cause of fear and shame. Sometimes we're afraid to stop because of what we might find when we do. What God might reveal to us if we choose to get real with him. One of the... um, biggest reasons that I haven't really understood Sabbath is because I haven't known what it means. (laughs) Um, And so I've actually been doing a bit of reading. I've been looking in scripture. I've been reading a book. I've been listening to different people about it. And so as I said, it's a journey and I'm discovering what it means in my life. What it means in my life is not going to be the same as what it means in your life. This is not a checklist that we can tick off. So what is the Sabbath? First of all, it is not a burden. Traditionally, Sabbath, and in the Jewish faith, Sabbath is celebrated from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday, a 24-hour period. I started to look at what people do on the Sabbath, and I started with God. What did God do on that first day? 
the day that he blessed above all others. He set it apart for himself. He was very pleased. He took delight, and the word doesn't tell us this, I'm actually, this is me imagining. He took delight and enjoyed all that he had made. I can imagine him not sitting in his lazy boy with his feet up, but walking amongst and gazing at his creation. I can imagine him going through a field of flowers, running his fingers through and enjoying the fragrance and the beauty of the things that he had created. I actually reckon there would have been a lot of laughter on that day when we think of the giraffe and the platypus, the hippopotamus. I think God had fun creating things. You know, he has a wonderful sense of humour. I think there would have been a lot of joy a lot of laughter and a deep satisfaction with what he had done. And he would have had peace in his heart that all was good with the world. There was no sin at that stage. On the day that God rested, everything was very good. Well, the book I'm reading suggests that there are four components to a Sabbath. And it's not a list of you shall nots. It's actually very freeing. The first is stop from work. The second is enjoy rest. The third is practice delight. And the fourth is contemplate God. It's a day of rest, yet these are all verbs. They're all doing words. I I mean, the irony of that wasn't lost on me. Sabbath is not do nothing. Sabbath is very purposeful. Stopping from work is pretty clear, but easier said than done. In our fast-paced lives, we were able to be contacted at any time. We need boundaries around our time to allow us to stop. Turn off the emails. Don't respond to work texts. I got one yesterday, and um, I haven't replied to it yet. Um, have a day where there is no ordinary work. Enjoying rest. Physically doing something to refresh your mind and body. For me, it's reading a book, going for a walk, watching a movie, cooking or enjoying food, going to the beach. Things that once were thought as sin on a Sabbath. But we are to enjoy rest. God has given us all things to richly enjoy. Practicing delight. This is the one. Shane and I have done this for a long time. And in fact, we've actually been practicing a Sabbath without actually realizing what we were doing. And this book has been. Um, just inspiring for me to, and sometimes we felt guilty doing these things, which is ridiculous, because out of it, we became fresher and freer and more fun to be around and and had more life to give to others. But practicing delight, the things that bring you joy, food for the soul, arts, craft, gardening, hiking, Cycling, spending time with friends and family. I had to put that one in there. (laughs) And the fourth area, contemplating God. 
spending time in his word, in prayer, in worship, over and above our daily devotional times. It's one thing that we have continued to camp, yet it's a lot of work, and a unit up the coast is affordable now and much easier, but something happens when we camp. And when it's just Shane and I, we actually set aside the morning, we have breakfast and, um, and we stop and we, we have snacks out and we nibble, but we spend the whole morning reading chunks of the word, praying together, reading books, talking about what God's speaking to us. And it is so precious. It's why we continue to camp. And um, it's a gift. But for those of you who don't camp, finding your space where you can have those chunks of the word, those chunks of prayer, those chunks of resting, seeing God in everything we're doing, delighting in him and giving him thanks, seeking God at deeper levels and giving him time in our busy lives to speak to us. It sounds like a pretty good day. Stopping, resting, delighting, contemplating. So what does Jesus say about the Sabbath? Well, we know that Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to fulfil it. Every single commandment he took and made it richer and fuller and made it relevant. And the Sabbath, keep the Sabbath day holy, is no exception. But he turned it from being about rules and thou shalt nots to being about relationship and a motive. We come with a motive that is pure. Jesus challenged the religious leaders of the day about their rules and regulations, about their traditions, even calling some of what they were doing unlawful. And he says, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Romans 14 and Colossians 2, Paul tells us about how not to use what works for us as a rod over someone else's life. He said, if some people observe this day and some others, if some eat this and some others, he's actually warning against having a list of rules to be right with God. All that we do should be done as an honour to the Lord, never out of a sense of obligation, never out of the thought that this is going to make me more spiritual. We have everything we need. We're enough. Every spiritual gift is ours in Christ. If we're practising these spiritual disciplines, it must be out of a desire for a deeper relationship with God from a place of surrender, not because we have to. It's not a contractual agreement. We can't go to God and say, God, I've been doing this. You have to do this now. It actually has to be out of a desire for more of him. Jesus intended the Sabbath to be life-giving. We know that he took wheat and the disciples ate on the Sabbath to be nutritious, to point people to God. Jesus saw the Sabbath as a place of restoration and healing. Some of his greatest miracles were performed on the Sabbath. When we're following rules, it becomes legal 
and legality ends in condemnation. But when it's from revelation, when it's from a heart desire to know the Lord, it brings freedom and it brings grace. And we can then extend that to others. So we've looked at, is it important? Yeah, it is. What is it? I'd just like to say it doesn't have to be 24 hours to be a Sabbath. It can be a morning. It can be an evening. It is a time that is purposefully set aside to stop, rest, delight and contemplate. But we must be intentional. Can't just hope that it's going to happen. If we're not stopping, resting, delighting and contemplating as a regular rhythm in our lives, we have to ask the question, am I doing something I shouldn't be? The story of Mary and Martha echoes the line in the song that I just played that says, lay down what's good and find what's best. Martha was busy doing good. Mary was at the feet of Jesus and she had found what was best. And that's a whole sermon in itself. But Jesus gently said to Martha, and he wasn't condemning. He's never condemning. He said to Martha that Mary had chosen the better part. In the New Living Translation, it says, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. It's a discovery resting at the feet of Jesus. It's a discovery on how that we each have to take of how we find ourselves at his feet. Recently, we have, I have been more intentional about setting aside time. Some of it has been 24 hours. Some it's just been a morning. Some just an afternoon. But I've been so blessed. It's over and above my quiet time in the morning. I always leave refreshed, knowing that God is pleased. It's the greatest desire of my heart that God is pleased with me. And when I come to him in surrender and come to him, acknowledging that I'm totally dependent on him and I need him, and I desire him and I delight in him, he is pleased. This is the day that he called most blessed of all. When we find ourselves in his presence, when we are presenting our heart as a Sabbath to him, he is most blessed of all with us. I've actually started to become jealous of that time. And when someone says, oh, do you want to do this or do that? It's actually, oh, no, thank you, I've got something else on. <laughs> and I keep that, that time aside. But it is a challenge to be intentional. It's a real challenge in our home. Shane's a shift worker. For us, it can't be one day a week if we're going to do it together. It doesn't happen. It just doesn't work. Um, or business owners. Families with young children. But somewhere in there, we have to intentionally set aside a time for the Lord. Mm. 
when our family was young, Sunday afternoon was almost all, almost sacred in our house. Um, I'm not sure that the kids always <laughs> enjoyed having to have a rest or a nap, but it was a time for family games. It was a time when um, we would often have dinner with another family and where they'd spend time with other children. And for us, that Sunday afternoon was our Sabbath. We never called it that, but it was a very precious time where it was beneficial for our marriage. It was beneficial for our children, our relationship with our children. And as a stay-at-home mum, that time was often what kept me sane. You know, being able to lie on the bed in the afternoon and just talk with Shane and pray about things and say we were up to, what was the struggle? Just setting aside time knowing that we were in the presence of the Lord as we did that. You know, the reality of making it intentional means that it might actually make some of our other days busier, which is a bit of a paradox. To be free on a day or to be free on a morning, we might have to clean the bathroom on Thursday night. Um, And I actually put it into practice getting this word together this week because yesterday morning was my morning and um, and I, I did... Because as I was being quiet before the Lord, I got some thoughts, I jotted them down. But I actually spent extra time during the week when I would be normally doing other things to purposefully spend time on it so that that time would be uninterrupted. You know, we've been talking about this for a few weeks, these sorts of things, and really feel it's timely for our church. We're praying and fasting and seeking God for more. We're setting aside time intentionally with purpose because we want to see God move. And we're believing God is going to move. I believe it's important with what we believe is ahead that we prepare ourselves to be able to hold it and steward it. And the way to be ready for what God's about to do is to spend time in his presence and to draw from him. And that's what we're doing over these 10 days. But for it to be a part of the rhythm of our lives, we need to be working from rest, not just resting from work. In the song we sang this morning, let us become more aware of your presence As we do spend time with the Lord intentionally, when we gather together, something amazing happens and we will become more aware of his presence. It happens in our personal lives first and then as we gather. Amazing things happen when we gather that can spark us for our private. But it's the private rhythm. It's the private day-to-day things is where we get our strength from and where we get our power to endure from. So as I said, this isn't a how-to word. It's an invitation to seek the Lord in a new way, to ask for revelation. If this isn't something that's been a part of your life, it's not to be condemned. It's to actually go to God and say, what do you say about this for me, God? Actually ask him to show you Am I, am I working from rest? 
Am I resting in your presence? Is there more that you have for me, God? It's a bit of a dangerous prayer to to pray because he always says, yes, (laughs) there's more. There's always more. If it becomes a list of musts or comparisons of what, well, what Ben and Rachel are doing. I know Stacey and Brenton are on a bit of a journey with this. If I hear what they're doing and I think, oh, I should be doing the same, that's where it becomes rules and legalism and that's not what God intended. We have to have a personal revelation about this or else we become like the Pharisees and we step into legalism which leads to condemnation. We want a revelation. We want freedom and we want grace to flow in this place between one another. I'd like to finish with two verses. I don't actually talk about the Sabbath, but um, powerful, powerful verses. Matthew 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus is not wanting tradition. He's just wanting us to come, to intentionally come and walk with him. His invitation is to learn from him and of him. And the exchange that happens is that we find rest for our souls. We experience with peace with God and we experience the peace of God. And the other verse is Psalm 46, verse 10. I've actually put this as my uh, screensaver on my phone. So every time I open my phone, this is what I see. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. That doesn't say don't be busy. It says be still. So in our busyness even we can be still. And our hearts can be quiet and our minds can be at rest as we fix our eyes on him. That's where we see his fullness come into being. That's where we're going to be ready for all that he has for us. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you this morning that in you we are enough. And you have provided every good thing for our pleasure. Lord, thank you that as we come to you, you refresh us and you restore us. I pray, Lord, this morning that you would speak to each of our hearts on how you want us to spend time with you. Show to us the things that bring us joy and the things that bring you joy. And that we would surrender every part of our lives to be all that you have called us to be.
Amen.